And now, for your feature presentation. One, or two, or three, or four, five, or five. What's up, listeners? It has been a while since I've done a bonus review, but I wanted to get this Scream review out there. And I considered putting it on a regular episode, but it's really hard to do without getting into spoilers, so I thought that releasing it on its own is probably the best way to go. So be warned, there will be spoilers here. If you're thinking about seeing Scream 6 and don't want to be spoiled, I'm not going to be offended if you duck out now. Scream 6 is no longer in theaters, but is on demand for rent. It is streaming for free on Paramount+, and it should be on Blu-ray July 11th. So, um, yeah, if you if you want to see Scream 6 before you listen to this, there's many ways to do that. If you do stick around, however, I'm going to give you my pitch for Scream 7 after my review here, which, in my opinion, is the only way that the series can go if they want to continue. I had this secret. There's a darkness inside of me. It followed me here. And it's going to keep coming for us. We share a certain history. The Scream film series has been going on for nearly 20 years now, and what started as a smart twisting of the knife on the slasher genre has slowly started to become a parody of itself. And Scream 6 unfortunately fizzles whatever spark the series had in an incomprehensible mess that lacks the smarts and the spirit that the first few films had. This film is so poorly written that it feels like there's no way to come back from it. And I literally, I was walking the dog one day and I'm thinking like, God, there's there's really no way to save this franchise. And then I kind of came up with a way to, to rescue this series from the brink of death. Uh, but first off, Scream 6. So this film continues the story of the Carpenter sisters from Scream 5. And, well, I guess it's just called Scream for some reason. And their uh, run-ins with the rotating killers known as Ghostface. This time they find themselves in Montreal, although the filmmakers want you to believe it's New York City because there's one scene that takes place in a subway clearly constructed by somebody who's never ridden on a subway because in real life the lights don't flicker and go out every five seconds. The Warriors had better lighting in 1979, making their way back to Coney Island. Now, to be fair... This may have been intentional, as uh, Jason Takes Manhattan is playing on a TV at one point, a film that is notorious for being filmed in Canada and uh, mostly takes place on a boat instead of actually doing anything in New York City. But seeing as the rest of the film is written just as badly, it doesn't feel right assigning that kind of credit. It appears that the remaining members from Scream 5 all got into the same college, aside from Sam, who just tagged along to make sure her sister stays safe. And predictably, Ghostface shows up with a personal vendetta against the sisters, and characters who you never cared about to begin with start dying. The film starts off with the typical Scream opening. This time, the actress Drew Barrymoreing it is Samara Weaving, who has had a past relationship with Radio Silence in the fantastic film Ready or Not. Uh, I think that one came out in like 2018, 2019. Great movie. If you haven't seen Ready or Not, go check that out. Unfortunately, this scene is not only predictable, but horribly written, even more so considering the character is a film school teacher that focuses on the slasher genre. So there's this whole big thing about let me lure you into an alley. I mean, give me a break with this stuff. Then 
the killer reveals his face almost instantly. And I was like, ooh, that's different. That's new. That's fresh. And then, of course, the opportunity is quickly squandered and we fall back into traditional scream territory. Oh, gee, who's under this mask? And from there, it's, again, more of the same, but with less balls. Mindy, this generation's twice as annoying Randy, is the one explaining the requel rules to the group, the uh, reboot sequel. And she says no legacy character is safe, but the film never has the balls to kill any of the main characters, even when several of them should be dead. Chad is stabbed like 50 fucking times, and at the end of this movie, he just tosses a thumbs up when, he, when he's being wheeled into a stretcher. Like, they had the intention of killing him, and then, like, backed out at the last minute and probably had to do reshoots. Mindy should be dead. Gale should be dead. Ethan should have been dead multiple times before he gets it in the end. There are certain shots, like twin ghost faces wiping their blood off knives in sync. The film just doesn't feel like it has a soul. There's this core four thing, which has to be one of the corniest things I've ever seen in a film. These core four feel less like actual people and more like caricatures, completely contrary to the first few films in the series, and even devolving from Scream 5. It's like they're only there for quips and horror film commentary versus actually feeling like their lives are in danger. And if the characters don't seem to care, why should I care? One example is Mindy, who's uh, Mindy Meeks, Randy's like uh, niece, I think is what she is. She, in one could be less than a day after she watches her girlfriend brutally murdered in front of her eyes, she's out here cracking jokes and acting like it's just another chill Tuesday where classes got canceled. And as for the big reveal at the end, I'm not normally a great movie detective. I, I pretty much soak stuff in and let it surprise me, but I called this one like 35 minutes in. Not a great sign. And Jesus Christ, the stuff with Billy Loomis appearing in mirrors, they did it in Scream 5, they do it here in Scream 6, it adds nothing to the film, it looks ridiculous, and it makes absolutely no sense. So at this point, the Carpenter sisters have yet again escaped death, they basically dispatched more ghost faces than there are Scream films, so where do you go from here? It's clear that the characters cannot be killed. It's clear that the character of Ghostface has been turned into a joke. I have a way to bring this back. So here's my Scream 7 pitch. Okay. The franchise, it can't get more meta than it already is. They went through like the requel rules in this one, which was, I mean, they were so dumb. They're barely different from reboots, but there's no way that if they go into like a, a, a third movie in this reboot there are no specific rules that you can lean on like scream did with slashers and scream 2 did with sequels you, you just can't do it so you got to toss that stuff out the window you got to throw the goofy stuff out the window you got to take this in a more realistic direction so in this movie and in, in number six the characters make some kind of statement about sydney not showing up because she she got to have her happy ending but in reality, the reason why Nev Campbell was not in this movie is because the producers did not want to pay Nev Campbell. That's why she wasn't there. So I think we have to tap into that. And then you also have this huge fan base for Matthew Lillard. They want to see Matthew Lillard come back. But you can't have Matthew Lillard come back because the man is dead. And sure, we didn't see him like tongue out of his mouth on screen, but the dude's dead. And it would not make sense to bring him back in any sense of the word. But I have a way to bring him back. So Scream 7. We're going to open with Nev Campbell 
getting Drew Barrymore. We're going to have Nev Campbell getting killed by Ghostface in some spectacular farce, even dumber than the opening of Scream 6. And of course, like these movies do, you have Scream 7 splash on the screen, and it's going to feel cheap because Nev Campbell's getting killed in this intro. But not this time, because as we cut back from the title card, we're with Nev Campbell on the set of Scream 7. Not Stab, but Scream 7. And Nev Campbell, the character, is going to be complaining to her agent about pay. She's going to be complaining about a small role in this film, how much she's given to this film, how much this film means to her, and how much she means to the series. And she's going to be, she's going to be pissed on the set of Scream 7. And then when she gets back to her trailer, bam, she's killed for real. Not Sydney, but Nev Campbell. And then again, Scream 7 splashes onto the screen. Now we have a ghost face killing people who were involved in the Scream franchise. You can twist that however you want to. It could be like a, a crazy fan. Who knows? But that's how you get Matthew Lillard back. Not as Stu, but as Matthew Lillard. So maybe he was also cast in Scream 7. And, and he thinks it's really dumb that his character is coming back. But now he's in real danger. Make the film a mystery. Make the film a deconstruction about crazed film fans. Instead of just being a slasher film, it's meta on top of meta. And you can essentially do whatever you want. You can bring any character back that you want. Considering it's a, it, it would be a fresh start for the franchise. And you got all kinds of stuff that you could tap into in terms of rules there. Now, of course, this means that it would kind of be impossible to come back from the franchise afterwards, but it would definitely end with a bang. And do we really need more Scream films? I mean, they've just devolved in quality over the last couple anyway. So that's my pitch for Scream 7. You have to go super meta. You have to go with the filming of Scream 7. And then there's a character killing off these real life actors and actresses. Do you think my pitch is lame? Do you like my pitch? What do you think, listeners? Let me know. Let me know what you thought of Scream 6 as well. Am I way off mark? I know a lot of people liked it. I just, I, I really didn't like it. I didn't think it had any soul, but maybe I'm in the minority. Anyway, thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay sane, and I don't know, go watch the original Scream.